Welcome to the NPFCC Messages Podcast. This podcast is one in a series on prayer, where we explore how prayer is the communication that keeps us connected, empowered, and growing in our relationship with God. Our hope is that this series helps you view and practice prayer in a brand new way. We also want to point you to a supplemental resource designed specifically for your life group to process this together. So visit practicingtheway.org slash prayer to run this prayer practice. Again, that's practicingtheway.org slash prayer. We hope this message blesses you. Uh, welcome. Good morning, everybody. Uh, welcome to Newberry Park First Christian Church. If you're visiting with our, with us for the first time, um, we exist to help people find and follow Jesus. And prayer is one of the big ways that we learn how to follow Jesus. We're in week two of a sermon series on prayer. And, and if you missed last week's message, I, I really want to encourage you to go to our website where you can find it and you can watch it. Um, or you can get the podcast, I think, on Spotify and iTunes and all over the place um, and, and catch back up with that. Um, because last week we laid a foundation for this series and, and we gave you a few tools to use um, as we work to develop a life of prayer that will help you have peace in the midst of this chaotic world. That was really the impetus for doing a, a series on prayer. I just, I'm looking around thinking, man, our world is in such chaos. How do we live at peace? And the way that we live at peace in the world that's gone crazy is that we stay connected to Jesus. And, and so for those of you who were here last week, um, how'd you do? Did, did, did you do well? Did you, like, do, were, were you able, how'd it go? Were you able to spend Five minutes each morning and five minutes each evening in prayer. Uh, maybe, maybe using the, the, prayer, um, the prayer app, the P-R-A-Y, the little video that we, that we gave you. Um, uh, you can get that online. Um, if, if you weren't even with us last week, you can, um, in fact, there's a QR code. We'll put it up there. If you weren't here, you can do that. Or you can go to our website and there's a, um, a page full of resources on prayer that you can check out. And it's just a little help. It's just a little thing that helps you. In fact, um, I, I, I've been using this every day this week, but I, I have to tell you, like, it's simple, but it's not easy. Can I get an amen? I'm sitting on the couch this week, just before time to go to bed, and I'm sitting there, and in my head, I kept telling myself, like, I know there's something else I'm supposed to do today. I, 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 know, I know that I'm forgetting something. What, what, what in the world, is, what am I forgetting? And then all of a sudden, I grab my phone, like I'm going to, you know, get up and then go to bed, and I realize, oh, man, I forgot so, like, just so, I just want you to know, the pastor forgot. <laughs> but praise God, the, the good new little thing about the tool is, it's on my phone. I grabbed my phone, I was like, oh. So I sat back down, I turned on the little video, and, and I sat there, and I, I just, again, just, you know, just to be totally honest with you, I got the little video going, I started to get into the praise part, and I started to fall asleep. <laughs> and I had to rewind. And the prayer, my five minutes turned into probably 15 minutes because about every couple minutes I started to fall asleep. And I would just back it up and I'd do it again and back it up. And I, and, and, but, but you know what? It, it, it's all about developing the rhythm 
in our life to make it happen. Because it's the presence, it's the time we spend with God that is most important. And maybe when it comes to prayer, you feel like you're one of those people that has a gym membership, and you have a gym membership, right? But you kind of rarely go to the gym. You know it's good for you. you. You intend to go. You even know that there's a plan if you go, but maybe you just haven't been going. Maybe you've started a few times. And then you fell off and you stopped and then you started again and then you stopped. And, and I'm here to tell you this morning, um, it's okay. We all struggle with the consistency thing, but we want to become more consistent because we want to be in the presence of Jesus. Because that's what it takes to have a deepening relationship with him. We, we want the relationship with Jesus more than anything else. Now look, if you forgot this last week, or maybe you weren't here at all and you're wondering what we're talking about, just go and get the thing and you can use it. But if you, if you, if you messed up, if you didn't do it, if you did it part of the time and you did a little bit, it's okay. Just jump back in and get started again. Five minutes. And I, and I know for, you know, for some of you, I even had people saying, oh, you know, like, can we make it longer? Yeah, we can make it longer, but for now, I want you to do five minutes. And for some of you, you're like, oh, well, I've got my way. And I'm like, I get that. And keep doing your way. But, you know, do this too. Because what we want you to do is just sit with Jesus. Sit with him. Not with your agenda, but sit with Jesus with no agenda. That's how you develop a relationship. Relationships with agendas are not very good relationships. And so we want you to just sit with Jesus and just, just keep working at it. And, and you know what? And consider, consider setting a an alarm on your phone. Uh, maybe it's just right after you get up or maybe it's before you go to bed. So this week, because of my little, you know, I kind of like, oh, I forgot that, you know, I just set an alarm for 10 o'clock now on my phone. Said, okay, a little alarm goes on at 10 o'clock and the label says P-R-A-Y right? Just pray. And, and, and just go, and, and you can use the video, you can use whatever you want, but just spend five minutes a day, twice a day in prayer. Now, the working definition that we've been using, uh, that we used last week, we'll use throughout the series, is this. Prayer is the communication that keeps us connected, remember the tetherball, right? And empowered and growing in our relationship with God. Prayer is the communication that keeps us connected, empowered, and growing in our relationship with God. We want to be connected, we want to be empowered, we want to be growing in our relationship with Him, and prayer is the key to making that happen. It's really all about developing that deepening relationship with Him. And as I mentioned last week, communication is a key to relationships. You can't have a relationship without communication. In relationships, when the communication ceases, the relationship starts to go sideways, starts to be broken. And we learned about talking to God last week, right? Because even if you do the little five-minute exercise and you do the P, the praise, the um, R, the repent, the A, the ask, and the Y, and the yield, even if you do that, you're doing most of the talking still. 
It'll get really fun next week. But we're doing most of the talking. And, and so, so far, we've just kind of got one-way communication happening. And the problem with many of us is that's where our prayer life stops. We're doing all the talking. We're doing all the communicating. We're saying the stuff. Now, the good news is, is God can take anything you've got. And, and we're going to dive into that a little bit more this morning, like we've already talked about. Um, God wants you to give him everything you've got. If you've got praise, give it to him. If you are angry, give it to him. He can take it. If you've got sorrow, he wants it. In fact, here's the thing that I hope you realize today. If you are, sor if you are sad, if you're struggling with sorrow, so is he. If you're struggling with something difficult in your life, if you're struggling with bad news, if you're feeling worried, if you're feeling, you know, all those things, God is with you. And he's feeling all of that with you because he's a God who wants the best for you. I don't know about you, but I can handle a little pain, but it's when my kids hurt. It's when my kids hurt that I hurt even worse. Don't forget that you have a heavenly father and when you're in pain, he's in more. And look at the, the lengths to which he would go to prove that to you and to me. But see, the problem is we usually stop at this place where we're doing all the talking and we tend to think that prayer is all about us and it's all about what God could do for us. Like it might look something like these people. Take a look at the screen. What's, what's happening here? Pray. I'm sorry, what? I'm saying my prayers. What, just because of being in church today? Yeah, I liked what I saw, so I thought I'd give it a whirl. Wow, I am really impressed. Thank you. So would you, uh, what'd you pray for? I can't tell you that it won't come true. Okay, it's not like blowing out your birthday candles. <laughs> All right, I prayed for Mrs. Donnelly. You know, the one who broke her hip? Well, that's sweet. Yeah, and I prayed for these Gucci shoes I love to go on sale. <laughs> what? Yeah, they're black with these silver strappy things, but they're a little out of my price range, so, you know. Uh, you know, you, you can't pray for shoes. Why not? Because you're not supposed to pray for petty things. Well, at church today, I prayed for my raise and I got that. That's what you were praying for? Huh. Okay, you obviously have no idea what you're doing here. Uh, an extra hundred bucks a week says I do. <laughs> Okay, how can I explain this to you? Let's pretend I'm God. I... Well, gee, I'd love to end world hunger, but I'm too busy looking for cheap shoes for Carrie. Oh, well. Okay, you know what? I believe that you can, you can pray for the important things, and you can also pray for the not-so-important things. God's a pretty bright guy. He can figure it out. Well, that's how you think it works? Yeah, that's how I think it works. Okay. You have no idea what you're talking about. You don't even know how to pray right. You're kneeling by the bed like a five-year-old. I will pray any way I want to. Fine. Pray the way you want. I look like a moron. What is your problem? My problem is you're using God as your own personal genie. I am not. You are too. You, you think that if you, you want a pair of shoes, all you got to do is pray for them and poof, they're new shoes. Well, that's not the way it works, okay? This does not equal this. I did not do anything wrong. 
Once again, let's pretend I'm God. Okay, you know what? Don't do God again. You do about the worst God I've ever heard. You know what? That's You're done. You're done praying. It's over. Excuse me? Yeah, that's right. I forbid it. Oh, oh you forbid it? Okay. You know what? I just thought of a few more things I want to pray for. Oh, really? What, is there a lipstick out there that you actually don't have? Okay, you know what? Fine. I will just use my prayers to cancel out your prayers. Oh, bring it! Oh, I'm bringing it. You're going down. <laughs> we, we laugh because there's a little bit of truth in there, right? Um, when we treat prayer as if it's all about us, when, when we make it look like, like God, it works for us, then it damages our relationship with him and it also damages our relationship with others. When it's all about what God can do for us, we develop a warped view of prayer and a warped view of God. And, and one that is not conducive to a good relationship with him. Uh, um, and so another key point in growing in our relationship with God is the idea of trust. Just like in any relationship, not only is communication key, uh, another element in, in any growing relationship is trust. And I believe that prayer helps us develop our trust in God. And so what, what does it feel like not to trust somebody? You, you, you've all had that experience, I imagine. Um, there, there's a couple places where, where, where we don't go get oil changed anymore, right? Because, because they'll go, Brent, Brenda will take the car, and then she always has to call me and say, do we need this, do we need this, do we need this? They're trying to sell me this, 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 this. And, and, and sometimes I'm like, no, I already did that, right? And, and, and so we learn, we learn to distrust because people want something from us, right? And so we learn to distrust. Now, maybe it was a contractor, a mechanic, a coworker that you trusted to, to get the job done, but it didn't or it didn't go right. Or maybe it was a friend who said something behind your back. Maybe it was a relationship and someone cheated on you or someone didn't, didn't do something well in that relationship and and it causes mistrust. And when we lose trust, painful questions just plague over and over in our minds, and it erodes the relationship. One of the reasons that I'm convinced that many of us struggle with prayer is because we really, at the core, we struggle to trust God. In fact, the reality is that mistakenly, many of us believe that God works for us. And so when God doesn't do what we want him to, then we start not trusting him. When we think God works for us, we measure our prayer life and God's trustworthiness by outcomes. When we get what we want, it's all good, but if the outcome isn't what we had hoped for, when God's plans don't line up with our preferences, we don't trust. And when we don't trust, we don't pray, and when we don't pray, our relationship with God suffers. One of the verses that we talk about a lot when it comes to prayer is Philippians chapter four, verse six through seven. And it says this, many of you have heard this before, we, we talked about it last week a little bit. It says, do not be anxious about anything, 
But in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Many people, when we first hear that passage, um, we, we, we think it sounds like, you know, a religious platitude written by somebody who's never been anxious before, right? Because let's, let's be honest, how many of you, how many of you have been anxious before, right? And then you prayed and then you were still anxious. Yeah. And, and, and we have to learn how to give that guy that says, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It's not that we pray, and we talked about this last week, it's not that you pray and then God gives you peace, it's that when you pray, you're closer to God who is your peace. And so we need to pray. And especially when your trust is wavering, you need to pray. And what, what we often miss when we read that passage like that, is we miss the four words that come right before it at the end of verse five. And there are four simple words that just says, the Lord is near. The Lord is near. Ty- Tyler Stanton in, this, in his book, Praying Like Monks and Living Like Fools, says this. He says, the deep fear that robs our prayers of power is the lie that the Lord is not near. The lie, la- the lie that God has forgotten me that I am not in good hands, that my future is not secure. It's the worry that at the end of the day, this God, near or far, can't be trusted. That he is something less than who he promises to be, and really, when it comes right down to it, I am on my own. And when we don't trust God, we don't pray. This lack of trust, it goes all the way back to the garden. When the serpent tempted Eve by calling into question God's character, she asked, did God, he asked, uh, he asked, did God really say you are not supposed to eat of the tree uh, or any tree of the garden? And Satan starts twisting this truth. That, that's the worst form of deception. It's got a teeny bit of truth in it. And so he says, did God really say you can't eat from any tree? In the garden, and, and in reality, God had told them that they could eat from any tree except one. That one over there, because that one's poisonous. That, that, one will, that one will hurt you. And so it was actually in God's goodness that he told them, that's the one you can't eat from. But Satan's deception is that he is now downplaying all that God had given them and highlighted the one thing they couldn't have, taking their eyes off of God's generosity and making God look stingy. That was the deception. And we often do the same thing. When we don't regularly focus on all that God has done for us, praise, thanksgiving, right? All the ways that he has provided and all the ways that he has blessed us, then we fall for the devil's trap of focusing on what we don't have and on what God isn't doing for us. And that's why Thanksgiving, that's why praise is important every single day. Many of us have struggled to trust God because we have prayed and prayed and prayed. And God has not come through in the way that we think he should. And so we don't trust. I I, I know several of you are reading reading through the Bible. If you've been reading through the Bible this year, um, 
this last week we came along a, a situation that was just like this, right? Um, and it was even, God made a promise to Abraham and Sarah, said, you're going to have a child. And it was taking too long. For how many of you has God took too long before, right? And God was taking too long, and so they took matters into their own hands, God had promised a child, and they still didn't have a child, and Sarah, who had not had children, still was not having children, and so she said, hey, God's not coming through on his end of the deal, right? God's not keeping up his end of the bargain, so we're going to have, so, so what they do, they don't trust, and so they feel it's up to them now. And so Sarah says, hey, well, why don't you take my servant, and why don't you have a child with her? And stupid Abraham says, yes. And we're still paying for that lack of trust today. That, that thing going on in Israel that we see every day on the news, yeah, that's a direct result of the lack of trust. And someone taking it into their own hands because they didn't trust God. But this kind of this thinking is rooted in the idea, again, that God somehow works for us and prayer is our way of getting what we want. But instead, prayer is about developing a relationship with God, a relationship that's built on trust. So this morning, I want to share with you some of the important ways that we grow in trust through prayer. Because more than anything else this morning, I, I just want you to know you can trust God. In prayer, we learn to trust God. The first thing we learn is that we can trust that God hears us. Trust that God hears. There's some people, there's sometimes where people say, I, I, I'm just not sure that God hears me. There's sometimes when you're just praying, 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 and you're thinking, God, are you hearing me? God, you know, maybe God's just not listening. If that's you, if you've ever experienced that before, it's okay. You, you're in good company. Like we've already said this morning, King David felt like that. In Psalms chapter 13, verse 1, he, he prays, and, and this is an ongoing statement in the Psalms, if you, if you go and you're reading through the Psalms. He says, how long, O Lord? It's in the Psalms time and time and time again. David's like, how long, Lord? How long do I have to wait? How long? And then in Psalms 31, he says, how long will you forget, will you forget me forever? Now, this is the guy who saw a giant fall. And, and now he's saying, like, Lord, are you going to forget me? Lord, hey, we are so fickle. We're so excited when God comes through the way we want. And we are so quick to not trust when we don't get what we want. And we want to we know this morning, though, I want you to know that you can trust God and trust that he hears you. In Psalms 34, 17, it says, The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from their troubles. Lamentations uh, 3, 55 to 57 says, I call on your name, Lord, from the depths of the pit, and you heard my plea. Do not close your ears to my cry for relief. You came near when I called you, and you said, do not fear. Jeremiah 29, it's right after the verse we like in, in verse 11. that says, you know, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for good, you know, plans for a hope and a future. And then in verse 12, it says, in those days when you pray, I will listen. In 1 John 5, 14, it says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. 
that if we ask anything according to his name, he will hear us. He will hear us. And so we want to trust that God hears us. Sometimes it may not feel like it, but we need to know that, that part of trusting him is knowing that he hears us, that he wants to hear from you. He wants to hear it all from you. Like we've said, he wants to hear the sorrow and the pain, and he wants to hear the joy and the laughter. And, and why? Because he wants a relationship with you. If the only time we ever go to him is when we want or when it's turned out good and we're thinking, and we miss out, the, then, then it, the relationship is lacking. He wants to be part of everything going on in our lives. And so we need to trust that he hears us. The second thing is we need to trust that God forgives. Uh, this is a big one because if we're going to pray that he, that if we're going to repent, if we're going to confess our sins, we need, to, we need to understand and we need to trust that God forgives us. Because how many of you continue to be haunted by a sin that you've already asked forgiveness for? Anybody in the room? That happened to any of you? Yeah? Maybe a couple of you who are really honest. I think all of us struggle with like a sin that we've already asked forgiveness for. And the devil keeps coming back and the devil keeps coming in our ear and saying, no, you're not really forgiven for that. Oh, remember how bad you are. Remember what you did. Remember what you did. Remember what you did. Remember. And the devil tries to tell us that we are what our sin was. But we need to trust that when we ask God for forgiveness, that he forgives. Psalms 103.12 says, as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. Like as far as the east, but we keep trying to drag them back. We keep trying to drag them back in and let the devil use them to beat us over the head. In 2 Chronicles 7, 14, it says, If my people who are called my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and heal their land. He will forgive. And we have to trust that he will forgive. In 1 John 1, 9, it says, But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. The devil tries to convince you that you're not forgiven, but this morning you need to hear this. If you have confessed it, if you brought it to God, if you've laid it at his feet, it has been forgiven. And you need to tell the devil that that got taken care of a long time ago. And every time the devil reminds you of your past, you know what to do, right? You remind him of his future. And trust that you've been forgiven. Because God promises to forgive our sins. And, um, I, and I pray all the time that we're reminded that God is faithful to forgive. And we no longer need to hide from him. So we need the prayer that God hears. We need the prayer that God forgives. We need to our trust that God answers. That God answers. Um, in Luke chapter 11 verse 9 um, it, it's right after the Lord's Prayer that we looked at last week, the sh kind of the shorter version, the Luke version of the Lord's Prayer. But in verse 9 of that, just a couple verses down, it, Jesus says this, as he's teaching on prayer, he says, And so I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. 
Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And the, for the one who knocks, the door will be open. And then he goes on, he says, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? What, what, what I was wrestling with this week as I was like diving into this verse was this, I was like, Man, how did God go so quickly to like, okay, we're asking for stuff, right? I mean, these guys are asking for basically like food, you know, and, and, and things like that. And then, which was part of the Lord's prayer, right? And then he goes like, won't you give your kids good gifts? And then we, he quickly moves to like, won't the, won't the Lord give you the Holy Spirit? And I think one of the places we've messed up is this. We want our stuff more than we want the Holy Spirit. You would be, some of you would be happier today if God would just give you what you wanted instead of if God would give you the Holy Spirit. And as I sat and I just sat with this verse, I started to think, here's the great thing, that that what this gift that God has given to us, right? It might not be, but what is God really giving us? When he gives us the Holy Spirit, he's giving us himself. And in prayer, God, I believe, as we ask and as God listens, God wants to give himself to us, which is greater than anything you and I could ever ask for. God wants to give you himself. And I believe I, God answers every single prayer. I truly believe, and I trust that God answers every prayer. I, I don't think that God ever has a prayer that you pray and he goes, yeah, that one's not, yeah, that one's not worth an answer. God answers every prayer that we pray. And you know, we, we talk about, yeah, sometimes he says yes, sometimes he says no, sometimes not now. And what I want you to more than anything else this morning is this, that we serve a trustworthy God. You can trust that his answer is always good. You can trust that what God has for you is always good, that he's always looking out for your best interest. And I realize that does not always make sense. And most of the time it's because we've got our mindset, this is what we want, and when we don't get what we want, well, we're like spoiled little children, aren't we? And then we kick and we scream, and God's okay, he still loves us, but we kick and we scream, and then... We don't trust him, and so we don't pray. But God is always looking out for our best interests. I mean, what kind of parent would give a child everything they wanted all the time? I mean, that, 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 would, be, that would be horrible, right? So in prayer, as we think about the answers, we want to, again, we want to yield, recognizing that his way is better, that his answer is better, than what I hoped for. And I think the biggest prayer that we miss out on all, a, a lot is, Lord, help me to recognize your answer and how it is good for me. Recog help me, Lord, to recognize your answer and how it's good for me. 
because we want to trust that he's answered. We want to trust that he, his way is good. And trust helps us align ourselves with God. Trust that your prayer is answered. Trust that the answer is best. Trust in his answer that may be different from the one that you wanted. I mean, in Romans 8, 28, it says, and we know that all things work together for good, for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. And, and sometimes that's really hard because sometimes the answer that we get back is painful. Sometimes, sometimes what God doesn't do for us, right? We, we get so focused on like what God doesn't do for us is painful. I have prayed for loved ones over and over and over again for healing. I have prayed over and over and over again that God would be gracious and merciful, that God would provide healing and answers and all those things. And you know what? If I'm honest, if I'm honest with God and I give him all of that stuff and I tell him, Lord, I don't understand what you're doing here. Lord, I, I, I am struggling here. Lord, help me understand that it continues to draw me in instead of pushing me away from God. And that's that God wants to draw you in. And sometimes he uses the struggles and the pain and the suffering as the greatest teachers in our lives. And we need to we need to embrace what God is doing and we need to embrace God's answer knowing that it is best even when I don't understand it. I still don't understand some of the answers that God has given. But I know him more. And as I've sat by and watched loved ones struggle even to the point of death, we have struggled together and wrestled and wrestled and wrestled and God wants you to wrestle. But the reality is we live in a very broken world. And that broken world is going to throw all kinds of stuff at us. And, and the one thing I know is, as, as I spent lots of time with my sister through her long you know, battle with cancer, is one of the conclusions that we came from is that we will always trust him. That God always can, but sometimes he doesn't. He always can, but sometimes he doesn't. And we need to trust him in that. And while I don't see sometimes what is good from my perspective, I know that my God is good. And some people pray because they, don't, they, they think that God already knows, that God already has an answer. And so why should, why should we pray? And I think it's just because God wants to hear you ask. God, God just, God wants to, God wants in that relationship, God wants to hear you ask. In James 4, uh, 2 and 3, he says, you do not have because you do not ask God, which tells me that our asking makes a difference, right? Which we'll get to in a second. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your own pleasures, and so we need to ask because God wants us to ask. Why? Because children ask. And they keep asking. And they even pester. And they keep asking. And God wants us to be that close to him. That we just keep asking and, keep, and trust that he hears and trust that he answers. And the next one is this. Trust that your prayers make a difference. I know that's a big question for us. Excuse me. <clears throat> the question is, 
do my prayers really make a difference? Doesn't God already have this all figured out? Doesn't he know what he's going to do? Or do my prayers even make a difference? I was reading through this, and one of the a passage that I came across was, um, if, if you're a student of the Bible, you might remember in the Old Testament, you had the, um, the children of Israel, and they get freed from Egypt. They go to Mount Sinai, and the, Moses goes up the mountain, and what does he get? He gets the... Ten Commandments, right? And then he comes back down, and when he comes back down, he's horrified, right? Because what are these crazy people that walked through a parted Red Sea, that, that have been being fed by God all the time, like all these great things that God is doing, right? They've already seen the hand of God and his provision and everything else, and what are they doing because Moses took too long on the mountain? Yeah, they, they made a golden calf. And they start worshiping this thing. And God is so, like, upset with them that this is what happens. God says, hey, Moses, I'm, I'm going to just wipe them all out and start over again, right? Like, these, peop- these people are nuts. And, and so there's this interchange, but, but God, but Moses, Moses goes to God. And listen to, listen to what Moses says to God. It says in Exodus, um, starting actually in verse 11, um, it says this, it says, But Moses sought the favor of the Lord his God. Lord, he said, why should your anger burn against your people whom you brought out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to wipe them off the face of the earth? I mean, so basically he's kind of, you know, Moses approaches God and he's kind of like, first he butters him up. Hey, you brought him out with a great powerful hand and all this stuff. Then he kind of plays on like God's, you know, like, hey, what is everybody going to think, right? They're going to think you're not a good God because you killed him, you know, you just brought these people out to kill him. And then Moses looks at him and he just cuts the chase. He says, so turn from your fierce anger, relent, and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, with whom you swore by yourself, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and I will give your descendants this land that I promised them, and it will be their inheritance forever. And then verse 14 is huge, it's key, it says this, then the Lord relented and did not bring on his people the disaster he had threatened. Did you catch what happened there? For those of you who are not sure if your prayers make a difference, right? You've got Moses who goes to God and says, hey, 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 God, like, don't kill him, right? And what does God do? It says, and God relents. What's really interesting is the word there for relent, naham in the Hebrew, it does mean literally God changed his mind. And I know theologically that messes with some of you. But that's okay. Because God changes his mind, right? And, and you, you look back at this and you say, you know, Moses comes to God and he says, Lord, Lord. Yeah, he's pleading on behalf of the people and God changes his mind. I truly believe that our prayer changes things. Um, it, Elijah, right? You remember the prophet Elijah? Um, way fast forward in the book of James, chapter 5, verse 17 and 18, it tells us this. It says, Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, 
and the earth produces crops. Now, now why, why, why does this get thrown in there, right? All the way out here in the New Testament, because he's saying, hey, look, Elijah's a guy just like you and me, and he prayed and things happened. That, that's, that's why that's in there. He prayed and things happened. So always trust that when you pray, things will happen. And sometimes when you don't pray, things won't. Interesting story uh, in, with the disciples is um, one day they're out, you know, Jesus sent them out two by two and they're out doing stuff and they tried to heal this one kid. They tried to cast out a demon and it didn't work. And everybody's kind of freaking out and they come back to Jesus and they're like, hey, and then the father of the kid even comes to Jesus and says, hey, Jesus, um, hey, the, uh, your guys came over and it didn't work, right? They tried, to, they tried to cast the demon out, it didn't work. And Jesus, I love Jesus' response in Mark 9, 29. Jesus comes over and it's almost with this little air of like, oh, yeah, guys, oh, you know. It was almost like, oh, forgot to tell you about this one. It's like, you know, he's like, that kind this kind can only come out by prayer. It, it's like, hey, if you don't pray, sometimes things won't happen. So our prayers make a difference. In fact, in James chapter 5, verse 13, 16, it says, is anyone among you in trouble? Let him pray. Is anyone, hap uh, uh, anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is anyone, of you, anyone sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And we do do that because it says to in the Bible. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they've sinned, they'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Folks, I believe that our prayers make a difference. Our prayers do make a difference. And lastly, we're running out of time here. Lastly, um, trust that God cares. Trust that God cares. In, in 1 Peter 5, uh, 6 and 7, um, it, it says this, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Because he cares for you. And, and I, I, I really believe that there's some people here this morning that just need to hear that over and over again. He cares for you. Does he care what's going on in the, in the big world out there? Yeah, absolutely. He created it. And we've made a pretty good mess of it. But God does not just care about all the big things and all the things out here on the peripheral. It, God cares for you. And God wants you to know that he cares. And you can trust that he cares. And in prayer, we, we can pour out our hearts to him. It says to cast all of your anxieties on him. I, I don't know what anxieties you walked in here with this morning. And I don't know if maybe this trust factor is causing you to struggle with prayer. I, I truly believe when we, we, when we don't trust, we, we don't pray. And so more than anything this morning, I want you to hear this. We serve a trustworthy God. 
who always does what is best for you. You may not always see the answers and the answers may not come the way you want, but you, we have a trustworthy God who cares for you, who cares about what you're going through right now, who cares about what's happening in your home, in your work. He cares about what's happening in your life and he cares about all the details. And he wants you to bring those to him and he just wants you to spend time with him. He wants to hear what's bugging you. He wants to hear what's painful. He wants to hear everything that's going on in your life because he cares. And he wants to celebrate the victories and he wants to hold you in the pain. And we need to trust that he cares. And so this morning as we, as we close, the question is this, where do you need to trust him today? Because if you can wrestle some of it down, I truly believe that it's going to help you desire to pray more. So this morning, where, where do you need to trust him? Where is it that maybe you're really anxious this morning and you're not sure God is paying attention? Would you bring that to him this morning? Where is the place that you don't think God is hearing you? What's the prayer that you've been praying over and over and over and over again and you're, you're not sure God's heard or you're not sure that, you know, that, that God cares? Like bring that to him this morning. Where is the place that you've been praying and you don't think it's making any kind of difference? Bring that to him this morning. Because at the end of the day, it's not about what we get out of it except that we get the presence of Jesus. That we get to approach the Almighty God and we get to talk to him. That we get to be with him in prayer and that's what that's all about so this morning as we close with this last song what I want to encourage you to do is just think about where's that place that you're struggling to trust him today and would you cast that care cast that anxiety on him because he cares for you he cares for you if you haven't heard it yet he cares for you and cast that on him this morning. If you'd like someone to pray with you and ask any of our elders or staff that are here uh, to just come up and just kind of sit over here along the stage um, and to just be available if you want someone to pray. If there's an area where you know you haven't been trusting him, like maybe as just a sign of just laying that down, maybe just come up to the front and just, you know, leave it right here so that when you walk out there that it doesn't go with you. Maybe there's a place where you aren't trusting that he's forgiven and maybe you need to just bring that thing and lay it down here so that you can go out free today. And maybe there's someone in the room who has never really put their trust in Jesus. And if that's you this morning, well, I'm going to be standing right here and I would love, I would love to talk to you about what that looks like. Because when you trust him, you will know him better just because you can be with him now 
and for eternity. He's a good God. Trust that he cares this morning. So respond in any way he leads you to. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you that you're a trustworthy God. Thank you, Father, that you've given us prayer that we can communicate with you always. And Father, my prayer is that, Lord God, we would remember that we can trust that, we can, that you hear us. We trust that you forgive us. We trust that you answer. We trust that our prayers make a difference. And we trust that you care for us. We love you, Lord, and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the NPFCC Messages podcast. If this message blessed you in any way and you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit us online at npfcc.org. Again, that's npfcc.org. To support the ongoing work of our ministry, you can make a donation at npfcc.org give. But be blessed and may the Spirit empower you to actualize this message today.